welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for All-Star Season 3, Episode 5, titled The Warhol Ball. My name is Joe Batanz, and tonight I am flying solo. From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... Oh, Jesus. Gross. To Taylor... The Latte Boy. Here's the problem. Taylor the Latte Boy is feeling under the weather and will be unable to record tonight's show. So, for this week, I'm going to recap the show all by myself. Instead of the usual jokes and banter, we're going to take a deep dive into the episode and actually, for once, dissect and deconstruct the essential plot lines of the show. If you only tune in for jokes and tangents, this is not the week to listen. But, if you want to join me on a geeky journey into the world of deep analysis about a reality show that concerns drag queens, then I have one thing to say. Let's go! This week, the girls take on one of the few mini-challenges of the season and prepare two looks for the runway. Bibi and Trixie are named the top two, while Shangela and Aja were placed in the bottom. Bibi Zahara Benet never left her spot, but it didn't stop her from being crowned the winner of the challenge. After some fake tears, she swiftly sent home her seamstress, Aja. Okay, so let's be... We're, we're, I'm going to give us a, a general take right here. And, um, you know... In general, it's not as much of Rigamoris as that I saw against Thorgy Thor. But let's be honest. If you were watching this, it was Rigamoris. It's weird because... And, I, you know, the same is probably true for Trixie as well. But it was Aja's time to go. Well, honestly, to be honest with you, this BB Zahara Benet has done nothing the whole season. She was good this day, today. She was good today. I'll tell you this. But... She's done nothing the whole season, and we're going to get to Bibi Zahara Benet, but other than Bibi, had Bibi just been not the winner, um, like, and Aja's been incredible. Aja has made so many improvements this season over her appearance in season nine, but let's be honest, it was kind of, I mean, who else is going to go? Shangela, I mean, we're, we're, I'm looking at this whole picture here, as a producer, sort of, I guess, is if you take the game for what it is. And I guess it depends on how you see the game. If we're saying, well, how have they done up to this point? Shangela's done very, very well in the competition. And so I guess, I mean, who else is there left to go? But it's just, they did her wrong. And we'll get to this when we get to the looks and and the judges' critiques. And if I don't remember to come back here, I'm sorry. But they really did Aja wrong here. Just it was her time to go. She could have gone, but they could have done it, I feel, a little more respectfully. That's all I'm going to say. Okay? So, uh, it was Aja's time to go. It, it, in terms of an episode, it was... You know what's weird is it was the kind of episode... It was your old-school RuPaul's Drag Race episode. There was a mini-challenge. It was your typical mini-challenge. You know, quick-drag mini-challenge, which everybody likes. And you're taking photos, and RuPaul's the photographer. It was a sewing challenge, which everybody always wants a sewing challenge. It was an old-school RuPaul's Drag Race episode. And maybe it's just me. I wasn't bored ever. I love every episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. But was it gag-worthy? I don't know. You know, one of the things, you know, this show, we don't talk about spoilers, and I'm still, there There will be no spoilers, but I will talk about things that have been spoiled, if that makes sense. So for uh, those of you who don't follow spoilers, and this is not a spoiler alert, 
everything that happened in this episode was predicted literally down to the taglines. Last night on the Reddit, RuPaul's Drag Race slash R slash Spoiled Drag Race, uh, a person who had seen the episode already uh, spoiled everything that happened down to the taglines. But even before this listener spoiled it, we already knew that Aja was going home. We didn't know how she was going home, but the rumors pointed towards Aja going home based on other elements that we knew that are going to happen the rest of the season. So it was maybe it was a little anticlimactic for me because I literally every beat that was going to happen today. And what I'm curious as to those who don't follow spoilers, if they were gagged by this episode. I I'm, I try to look at it from both angles, and I'm going to say I think. Aja going home today was telegraphed very, very obviously. It was very, it was an obvious telegraph that she was going home. And I don't, I think anyone could have picked up on it. And, and again, like I said, it were, Ben calls it in the beginning of the episode. You'll hear about this in a second, but we're getting to the stage now where like all the filler queens are gone and now you're going to get rid of good people. And it was just Aja's turn to go. I think he probably could have made an argument for Kennedy, maybe. Um, but unfortunately, Aja's done very, very well. But now we're getting into the real deep, deep competition, and it sucks. Goodbye, Aja. Uh, you, you're definitely one of my favorite queens now. You totally impressed us, and I'm sorry you had to go. But that's the way the cookie crumbles. After Chi-Chi's elimination, the girls walk back into the workroom to remove their drag. Kennedy expresses her sadness at the departure of her friend. Ben calls for the girls to reevaluate their strategy going forward. And Shangela and Trixie clear the air from the tense moment on stage. Let's buy Shangela a round of shots. Yeah, well, I'll take that. <laughs> but you know I'm watching your station, Mom. If I see another note, it's a wrap. <laughs> My heart's yours. I, yo, I will never forget it. You'll never have to buy drinks at the same bar as me again, girl. Uh, oh, and I will yeah. PayPal you $10,000. Oh, I got 5K right now for me and Bindalo. <laughs> I want to tell you something. I mean, something that we predicted last week when we talked about the episode is now Trixie is in the pocket of Shangela. And I know she says things later, which she tries to lead you to believe that she's not in the pocket of Shangela, but Trixie Mattel is in the pocket of Shangela. I mean, she was so kissing her ass there. And I will be floored if next week, uh, during the when they after the when they go back to the workroom after the eliminations, if Trixie Mattel pulls out lipsticks that says Shangela. I think I think we all know that Trixie Mattel also chose Aja to go home. There was no way. There was no way you're, you're going to risk. You know Shangela is doing so well. It, I mean, it's a tough choice. I'm sure they all really love Aja, and they've been really impressed by her improvement. But if you're looking at the competition, I remember I all, we talked about this a little bit last week on the main show, but the different levels of conflict. So in this case, you have the conflict within the show among the contestants, and then you have the conflict outside of the show with the fans. And you know, obviously, from a gaming perspective, a perspective from a game, it's better to get rid of Shangela. But you also have to take into consideration the fans. And remember, you're on this show for two to three weeks, and it lasts a season. But the effects of your actions will last forever on this show. And if you want to remain in the good graces of the fans, these kinds of queens like Trixie Mattel and Shangela, they like that they're beloved. And they're going to take that into consideration when they have to make their choices. You know, a thirstier queen might make a different choice, but 
if you are already if you already have the validation from the fans, why would you risk that? Why would you give up everything? Like these queens make more than a hundred thousand dollars a year. I'm talking about Trixie and Shangela. They're pulling in more than a hundred thousand dollars in a year. Why would they risk their annual one hundred thousand dollar plus salary that they're making from just traveling and doing shows and being on, on television? Why would they risk that for a one time one hundred thousand dollars? And the, but risky, they might get the ire of the fans. It's, I think they've done the calculation. They have to send home Aja. Unfortunately, she doesn't have the capital that Shangela would have and the hate that Trixie would get if she sent home Shangela. Same thing was true with BB. Okay. The next day in the workroom, RuPaul enters in an Andy Warhol style wig to announce this week's mini challenge. So, for today's mini challenge, you'll pose as I take a picture that will transform into a pop art portrait that will be worth pennies. <laughs> You've got 15 minutes to get into quick drag. Get famous. Aja was named the winner of the challenge. She won a year's supply of hamburgers from Hamburger Mary's and $2,000. Next, RuPaul announced this week's Maxi Challenge. For this week's Maxi Challenge, you'll need to create two Warhol-inspired looks from scratch. First look, in homage to his iconic Campbell's Soup Can series, I want you to become supermodels. That's right. You need to design a soup can that captures the true flavor of your charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Now for your second look, inspired by Andy's favorite nightclub, Studio 54, you need to design Disco Queen Couture. All right, I never, ever, ever mention what the queens win, but I want to talk about these two prices. First up, let's talk about the $2,000. Did you see how Aja reacted when she won the $2,000? She was so meh about the whole thing. She was so, like, whatever that she just won $2,000. And I think that speaks to how much money the queens are making. $2,000 doesn't even cover one of her appearances. Aja's probably in that neighborhood that's pulling in around four to $5,000 in appearance. So the $2,000 is like, what? Okay, whatever. Half an appearance? And you can tell she can barely even muster the excitement that she needs for that $2,000, okay? One. Next, a year supply of hamburgers from Hamburger Mary. Let me tell you this. I know there are Hamburger Marys everywhere. This food at this Hamburger Marys is so whatever. If they if they offered me a year, they, they could offer me 10 years of Hamburger Mary's hamburgers, they wouldn't. I would never cash in one of them. Who would? I would donate it to a homeless person. I really would. Who would ever, ever? If you had a choice, eat Hamburger Mary's. The food is so overpriced, and it's just like a shitty Chili's. That's what it is. Hamburger Mary's is just a gay shitty Chili's. The food is horrible. Well, I wouldn't say horrible. It's so mediocre. This food at the Hamburger Mary's. It's so expensive, and you just get like, just like, it's like, ugh. It's just so corporate. It's so just whatever burger and, like a Danny, you know what? It's the same kind of burger and fries you would get at Danny's. I'm telling you, if you don't have a hamburger, because 
I've known queens or met gay people or fans of the show who are like, what's Hamburger Mary's like? I'm all, it's not, I wouldn't call it gross. It's not gross. You can eat the food, but you're just not happy about it because it's so whatever. Who is happy about eating a hamburger? I would never, I would, you know the thing too in the neighborhood, the Hamburger Mary's in the neighborhood, do you know that it's on Uber Eats? Like the only reason you eat Hamburger Mary's is because you have to because you're there for the drag brunch or you're there for some event. You're not ever going like, oh, oh, I can't wait. I've been craving Hamburger Mary's. And they have it on Uber Eats. Who is ever, who is ever, with all the foods you have to select on Uber Eats, who is ever, ever, I would, I want to write to Uber and find out if anybody has ordered hamburger marys on this uber eats where they're at home and they're gonna pay uber five dollars to come and bring them an overpriced fucking cheeseburger and fries shitty burger and fries they're gonna pay them for that to deliver it to you the only thing is the drag queen delivery i I can't even a goddamn reason why anybody would order hamburger marys on uber eats anyway mini challenge to talk about it Meh. It was fine. Uh, Aja's was the best, but the other ones weren't bad. I'm not going to lie. Aja did have that very, like, it did look very Warhol, especially with the wig. And so, and the, the looking forward, and the look was really good. And, and, uh, I was a little embarrassed because everybody looked good, but then, like, poor Kennedy, she's not in good shape as the other ones. And so she was hiding her tummy with her hair. And I just sort of felt badly for her. And then, and then Trixie, I was like, can you ever look pretty? I mean, like, I guess, I don't know. I, I, I just couldn't get into it, right? And then I think Asha should have won. I'm fine with that. And then with the maxi challenge, I actually thought this was an interesting challenge. Look, the soup can part is so stupid, okay? Uh, and I guess we'll talk about it at some point. But the challenge for the soup cans is stupid. But whatever, they do stupid challenges all the time. They do some gimmicky thing all the time. And but the look, I love the idea of a disco couture. And so that we'll get we'll get into that later. So like, huh? I'm a fan of the look. Back in the workroom, BB may believe she's actually crafting a soup. Shangela struggles with Bertha, the sewing machine, and Aja helps BB sew her outfit i wanted to do something black mm-hmm. yeah this will work so what do i need to do right now do you need me to cut anything oh you what do you want me to do you want me to cut it out for you i'm going to start for you i can cut it in if you want to sew it because i don't know how to sew it so you can tell me exactly what you need me to do okay just uh get some fabric and double it and then just like pin this onto it you know what let's talk about this right here because you know i don't know if anybody knows this i watched the show live and I write the script as the show goes. And I make notes and where people say certain things. And, and then afterwards, that's when I package the whole show. I put it all together. And it seemed weird. This moment seemed weird. I thought it might come back to in some way. But based on BB's personality, I never anticipated. Well, it was weird that Aja sewed her outfit, which we're going to get to that. And but then she helped BB sew her outfit, and BB's outfit was beautiful. It was incredible. Go, Aja, for helping her. But then again, I'm just gonna play this now because we may not get to it later. This part really disturbed me. Michelle's talking to BB on the runway. BB looks incredible. She's talking to BB, and she says this, and notice BB's answer. You made this. I did. So beautiful. That is fucking bullshit. 
because she couldn't give Aja some credit, and then she goes and eliminates Aja. That is fucking. I don't know what. I mean, they obviously the editors obviously winked at us about that, and they made the little like, like metal sound when she said that. But and they they cut to Aja like looking like what? But that is bullshit. That. She didn't give Aja any credit for helping her sew that. And what's funny is, again, this goes to the deep dive of the show, the gag of the show, is these producers and these judges know exactly what's going on, okay? So they knew that Aja helped her sew the dress. And so Michelle knew what she was doing. She was setting BB up, but it never came up again. So it's interesting, That's interesting. I'm wondering, I almost wonder if this will come back to bite BB in the ass Uh, in some way. We don't know how because Aja's gone. But maybe in some way this might come back to bite BB in the ass. All right. So I don't know. I think this is important to lay the groundwork here. I don't think we've seen the last of this moment. It's elimination day and Aja is excited to really show off her sewing skills. Meanwhile, Ben and Kennedy debate the metrics on how to judge who should be eliminated next. How are you thinking if you're in the top that you're going to make your decision on who to send home? Let's go. Let me let me stop it right here. This is a very long clip, and I couldn't figure out how to break it up. So I think what I'm going to do is we're going to do some analysis here, and we're going to analyze it in little pieces, talk about it, break down what they're saying in little chunks, and it is important enough for... It was so long, I actually was like, do we need this? Because notice, when I'm reading the script, notice I said, it's Elimination Day and Anja is excited to really show off her sewing skills. If we didn't need that clip, I would have just played Anja bragging about how she was going to do well on the sewing challenge. Ha 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 ha. And then we know it's going to pay off. But when I listened to this clip and when I listened to it in, in total, I was like, you know what? I have shit to say about what just happened in this clip. And so we're going to take it in little pieces. We're not going to play the whole, we're going to play the whole thing, but we're going to play it in little chunks. Hold on. Here we go. So, so Shangela's just asked the girls, why don't we play it again? She's just asked the girls how they're going to vote. And we'll play it again so you understand. And then it goes to bed, but we'll start it all over. How are you thinking if you're in the top that you're going to make your decision on who to send home? Let's go down the line, starting with Bendela. Um, right now it feels hard. Like, how do you, like, quantify it at this point where everybody is performing at a high level? Okay, so let's let's stop right there. She's right. And we just talked about this. She's thinking out loud right here. And, the, and you can tell she's thought about this. This is something she's been thinking about because she's been winning so much. She's had to actually really think about how to eliminate queens for most of the contest. And so... The person you do want to talk to is Ben because she's been in that hot seat more times than anybody in the history of the show. So she's really thought this out. And so actually, I would really respect what she has to say about this. And she's acknowledging what we just talked about, which is Aja. Now, well, no, no. She's acknowledging that we're getting to the stage now where everybody's good. There's no obvious people like Thorgy or Chi Chi or Milk. Those days are gone. So now we're getting to the point where we're eliminating people who really have a shot at winning, who are really strong competitors. And that gets scary. You should probably address this more. Let's keep going. Something I really wanted to do was like kind of write who placed where every week. I kind of try to like do some math about it just to be technical. Girl. Okay, that's where Kennedy jumps in. So now Ben is going back to the whole 
how is everybody doing in the course of the competition? And she's sort of taking notes how people perform. Because that's how, and this is going to come up later. I'm going to get into this. That's how she chooses, as the person who gets to send people home, she chooses to use this strategy for choosing who to eliminate. And she's even second-guessing it. She's thinking out loud. Is this the way to do it? I don't know. But this is how I, what I've been doing. Does it count more if somebody's, like, been in the top but has also been in the bottom or if somebody's been, like, consistently safe? Very valid questions. Very valid questions. Ben is a smart person coming from someone who has really thought about this. Jesus. Honestly, I don't want that responsibility of, like, figuring it out or deciding it. I'd really rather be like, okay, this is, like, the technical way I've decided to do this. If we're basing it on track... Okay, I, I, so, so this is, so Ben sort of given her two cents of what she's, and I, and I, like I said, you can tell she's not sure. This is just sort of what she's been relying on, relying on and what she will rely on. And she's just thinking out loud. And I think she actually even wants the girls to know because it might come to a point where she has to eliminate them. This is her thinking. And now Aja it says something and let's see what Kennedy says. As we should not. Oh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna rewind this a little bit. I'm gonna rewind it just a little bit because I want to hear what I want to hear what Aja says. And Kennedy jumps in here. If we're basing it on track record, as we should not, I don't think we should. Okay. So Kennedy says, as we should not, I don't think we should. This is Kennedy's opinion. Kennedy has been in a lip sync one time. You know, she won. She got eliminated milk. Ben's been there multi- every almost up to this point, I think almost every time, if not every time. And she has eliminated two people. She's given she has just as much right, if not more, to say how she's thinking it out and what her method is. And Kennedy says, as we should not, which is Kennedy's opinion, I don't think we should do that. But let's let's carry on. It's not like, oh, we will, we should do it this way or we should do it that way. Just play the game. I mean, you end up in the top, you know what you got to do. Okay. Did anybody, I, I'll go back, but I don't think Ben said everybody should do it this way. Ben was talking about how she has chosen to do it. And Kennedy's almost making the point like, because Kennedy's saying, you just do it how you're going to do it. But she doesn't want to go on track record. Which, okay, that's fine. Then when you vote people out, then you do it the way you want to do it. Am I making sense here? Let's keep going. You've been in this profession long enough to make your own decision. For whatever reason it may be, it's yours. But I'm- Great. Yes, you're right. I don't think we're saying we wouldn't make our own decision, but I still am, like, interested in finding different perspectives to look at. Yeah, it well, I didn't say that. I didn't say that what didn't she say? Are we missing something? Ben says, I'm looking for other perspectives, which is obvious by the way she's saying it. She wants to hear how everybody else is going to do it. And then Kennedy said, Kennedy says, yeah, but I didn't say that. Didn't say, well, I don't understand what she's saying. Maybe there's an editing thing. I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. Oh my God. I'm not saying that. Uh, what is she not saying? If you think too much of the situation, it's going to work your brain. Hit her. Okay. That's solid advice from Kennedy. If you think too much about the situation, it's going to work your brain. All right. That could be true. Shut up. (laughs) But it doesn't make any sense. This is how Ben chooses to do it. And then Kennedy comes down on her for 
thinking about or having her own way of doing it. I don't know. I think it's really stupid. I think it's just... Look, here's the deal. is Kennedy's crying. She doesn't understand why everyone thinks she's a bitter bitch. And then she's always a bitter bitch. I don't don't get it. Kennedy frustrates me so much because she's such a bitter old lady, which is fine. But then accept it. Don't say like, oh, why does everyone think I'm a bitter old lady? Well, that's why. Because you say, you say things like that and you jump in. Like, no one, first of all, like, imagine if Kennedy was thinking out loud and Ben said what Kennedy said. She'd be like, girl, and this would be in the confessional. Girl, no one asked your opinion. If I wanted your opinion about how I eliminate people, then i ask you. But I didn't. Bye. It would be like, it's like weird. It's like. It's just Kennedy's going to be pissed off at you. Kennedy's going to bitch. She's going to moan. She's going to be an Eeyore. She's going to be a grumpy Gus. I don't know what you A Debbie Downer. Any sort of alliterative name, she's going to be that That means sad. And it's frustrating. It gets me mad. I get annoyed. Hey, uh, I'm putting this in right here, but I realized when I recorded the episode, I forgot to talk about the looks. I hate talking about the looks. God, I hate talking about the looks so much. So I'll do a brief rundown. Uh, maybe at some point with Taylor, I'll do a more thorough rundown of the looks. But um, here's what I will say. And I do want to talk about this right here because it, it, it was it, usually I would have just ignored the looks. But there's actually a lot to talk about with the. Oh, you know what? We also didn't play that shit, too. That didn't get played. Okay. Aja's. Okay. Aja's soup can look. First, first of all, I thought all the soup cans were so stupid that I couldn't tell you which one was good and which one was bad. I suppose Aja's was not that good because it didn't really capture her. Like the other one sort of did tap into their brand and Aja's really didn't. It just she just called it sugar tits. Okay, so I get that criticism if you're really trying to split hairs, but it's just a stupid ch- it's like saying like like everyone make up a unicorn. And and then you're like, okay, I made up a unicorn. You're like, uh, your made up uni- unicorns don't have that. You're like, bitch, you just said made up, make up a unicorn. What you don't? There's no such thing as fucking unicorns. And the same thing with the soup cans. I mean, RuPaul does say in her in in the challenge and in the instructions, have it capture your charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Aja didn't do it, but it wasn't horrible. Like I said, they're splitting hairs. What I didn't get with Aja, and this is where the rigamorous comes in. I really do. I thought Aja looked fantastic. And I think when they say it's not disco, I'm like, it, what? I don't know. I think you could really split hairs on Aja's look and whether it was disco. Like they were going, well, that's 60s. On the look. But I feel like, I mean, I don't know anything about fashion. So maybe uh, fashion is, I'm not going to think about it. But it still looked fucking good. And it was one of the best looks on there. I think they were really splitting hairs. And that's where I feel the Riga Morris came in. They just realized Aja needed to go home. And they needed to justify it for the audience. So they were nitpicking that look. But I thought Aja looked really, really fucking good. And looked like one of the best people on that runway. Hands down. You know? And that was sort of like a fucked judges critique that you know they could they were trying to do so they could judge if they could justify why she was being sent home that's my two cents shangela's look was horrible trixie is right it's one of the worst looks to walk down the runway she wore that like weird like they put her in the bottom too but they didn't really focus on how bad that outfit was like 
the re- you know that she put those records on her head and body just to cover how shitty her outfit was, which it was basically just it's something Pheromone or Derek Barry would have put together. It was like a two piece bathing suit with like I don't know what things are called shimmy fringy things, just sort of kind of helping her. Like I don't know, it was a horrible horrible look. I mean. She should have gone home for that look. Now, look, they put her in the bottom two, and Trixie and, uh, well, we don't know what Trixie chose, but BB didn't choose for her to go home, but that look was bad. Her can was fine. Then Michelle reads Kennedy for her can. Kennedy's can was fine. It, like, again, it's a stupid fucking challenge about a, a soup can that, like, no one's ever heard of. Like, I mean, yes, Andy Warhol's super. Here's the thing, not to get all, all. You know what's so funny is. They're kind of missing the point of Warhol's take on the Campbell's soup can. If you think about it, I just thought about this right now. They're sort of missing the point of Warhol's take on the Campbell's soup can. When when Warhol did the soup can, and he did some sort of laundry detergent too. I don't remember which one it was. When he was doing that, what he was doing was he was... And I look, I'm not an art expert, so I'm I'm gonna use if you're an art person, Sasha Valor, if you're listening, I'm sorry. But I think it had something to do with I took an art history class 20 years ago. I think it had something to do with taking something that we see in society, like advertising, and turning it into art as a commentary on society. Whenever you get meta, and if you get meta and you turn pop culture icons and you turn them into art. I don't have the vocabulary to express it, but the point is, is Warhol was taking well-known products and turning them into art, and by doing that was making an an artistic statement. Okay, let me t- let me tell you a story. Right by where I live, there's a store. It's called Supreme, and every time you drive by this Fakakta Supreme over on Fairfax in Los Angeles. There is a line at 7.30 in the fucking morning that goes all the way down the block. You would think they were selling Star Wars tickets for the next Star I mean, like, something huge. And that's every day. It's not like a one-time thing. It's every single fucking day. Go with me. So one time I meet this young, hip kid, and I say, listen, solve a mystery for me. Why is there always a... Because he goes to high school. This kid went to high school right across the street from Supreme or buy it. And I go, why is there always a line outside of this Supreme store? And he goes, oh, I'll tell you. See, it turns out there's only two Supreme stores in the country. One in New York City and one in Los Angeles. Okay? There's only two retail stores they have. One in New York City, one in Los Angeles. Most of the stuff that they sell is online. You can buy clothing online. Here's the problem. There are a lot, the way they do it, the stuff you, the stuff that you can buy online, they have, I don't know, they have stuff you can buy online, but there's clothing in the stores you cannot get online, okay? Or there's very, 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 very limited quantity online. They, the, the, that clothing only appears in the store. So the reason those people are standing in line is there, is there are people around the country who will pay hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars for like an $80 sweatshirt because you can only get that sweatshirt in the store in Los Angeles or New York, and they want that sweatshirt. So they're willing to pay three, four, t- five times the price, and so the people are saying, they're going to make money off these clothing because they know you can only get it in the store. All right? 
Okay. What Supreme, the reason I bring this up is what Supreme does is they take well-known logos, like let's say McDonald's or Amazon or FedEx or UPS, and they just put their name of their company in that logo. So if you look at it looks like McDonald's, the logo for McDonald's, but it says Supreme. Or if it's the logo for KFC, but it says Supreme. Or the logo for UPS, or the logo for Amazon, or the logo for Mobile, or Chevron, or any sort of... Like, they take well-known logos, and they put they slap their company name, their brand name on it, and make it look like the logo. That's essentially what they do. And people go apeshit for this. And this is kind of a version of what Andy Warhol was doing. If there's Bean Meta recognizing the artistic integrity of a Campbell's soup can. If you take something as ordinary as a Campbell's soup can and you make it art, then you make a statement and the question of what is art. This is my very elementary take of what Warhol was trying to do with the Campbell's soup can. I'm sure, I'm pleased, and we'll discuss it on one of my 5,000 shows I have about RuPaul's Drag Race. If you have any insight about what Warhol was trying to do with the Campbell's soup can and the soap one or whatever, please write in and explain to me in very simple terms so I can translate it for the people, for the children. But the point is this. The ultimate point I'm trying to make is it was not to make up your own fucking goddamn slogan of soup, not to make a real can of soup. What they would have actually done to have the queens do actually is closer to what Supreme does, is take your brand of Bende La Creme, take your brand of Kennedy Davenport, take your brand of Aja, and slap that brand and merge that brand with a famous logo. That would be more in line with what Andy Warhol was trying to accomplish, which is you're turning iconic uh, pop culture figures into art itself. This challenge was so fucking stupid and so dumb. And so they didn't go like, well, Kennedy, uh, I didn't like your soup. Well, do you think Andy Warhol would like the soup, bitch? No. God, I hate Michelle Visage so much. Trixie Mattel look fine. And uh, actually, BB looked great. And that's why when she didn't give Aja credit, that was awful. That was awful. The other thing I forgot to mention in the show, and I, I re- everyone should know I'm recording this after I recorded the show. I'm going to say uh, Trixie Mattel had a great quote with this one. Do you know what it's like to lose a lip sync to a partially sedated twink from Brooklyn? That's when she was talking about Pearl, when she was about to do the lip sync. I'm going to play it again. I like that quote so much. Do you know what it's like to lose a lip sync to a partially sedated twink from Brooklyn? <laughs> so funny. So I'm glad I got to play that clip. All right, so let's go back to the... I think I, I think I had covered everything with look. BB looked great. Ben looked fine. I could see why Ben Ben was a definition of safe. Let me see here. Hold on. Hold on. Let me get my, I actually have a notes and a list here. <laughs> um, Shangela, her outfit was horrible. Okay. Um, I couldn't get why Michelle was judging Kennedy's can. I already talked about that. Trust me, we talked about that. BB's dress looked amazing. She looked fantastic. She deserved to be in the top. Her can looked fine. It looked great. You know, the Cameroon, the stupid soup, whatever. And Ben was a definition of safe. Yeah, we covered everybody. So um, that's my opinion, opinion on the look that I might take. And I just did my whole rant about uh, Campbell's soup. And by the way, 
For all you art nerds, I realize it could be totally wrong in fucking Andy Warhol. This is what I'm interpreting it as from an art history class that took 20 fucking years ago. Calm down. But I do encourage you to write in, and then I will explain it in very simple terms what Warhol was trying to accomplish. I think I got like a very elementary school version of it, and I would love for someone like Sasha or someone who really knows their art history to really comment on that. Okay, so now back to the show uh, where we were. During the judges' critiques, Aja was red for her Warhol can realness look, while Shangela was dragged for her look. In the end, RuPaul named Trixie Mattel and Bibi Zahara Benet as the top two contestants and named Aja and Shangela as the bottom two. Back in the workroom, the top two queens met with each of the queens to listen to them plead their cases. On the couch, Aja got real with Trixie Mattel. Maybe I can't pronounce names right, but like, I really made this with the intent to like, really be couture and high fashion and still give disco. I f***ed up so bad on my season and I just, I want to go as far as I can. I need it. Oh, look, Trixie, give me that. I know you do. Oh, Aja, poor Aja, what's gonna happen? Later, Aja met with Bibi Zahara Benet, who wouldn't let Aja get a word in edgewise. First of all, I'm going to let you know that you look really beautiful today. And you're very authentic. And I like the fact that I can see you just blossoming right here. And I watched season nine. I just want to make it to the top. Yeah. So I'm not like... No matter what, you've made it. You're here. (sighs) Bibi's telling her, bitch, you're going home. You Oh, you made it this far. You should be so proud of yourself. I'm trying to tell her why I think I should stay, but BB is not letting me talk, and she's just going on. Like, so look at how far you have made You have made it, girl. And I can't even plead my case. I just want to say I'm very proud of you because you're just a star in my eyes, and I really love you. So, let's go back to the group, honey. I love you, my sis. Oh, my God. My entire mood just changed to fear. Yeah. BB was pretty much like, bitch, you're going home. (laughs) Like, she, I mean, I think, I think there's a thing in the production where they can't tell them you're going home. So I think BB was essentially telegraphing to her, you're going home. Like, I, I, like, I also think the, the queens aren't allowed to say, send me home. And I think that's why last week Chi Chi was essentially telling Ben, be fair. I think she was saying, I'm ready to go home. And so uh, I think BB was in her own way telling Asha very nicely, bitch, if I win, I'm sending you home. So that was very funny. Meanwhile, the tables were turned as Shangela pleaded her case to Trixie Mattel. We were just Perfect. here, bitch. Yeah. I was. You want this chair back? Was- <laughs> Mom, it's a whole different dynamic now. I know you have a rough decision, but I could see us next week, top five, top four, top three. I see that for you. I see that for me. I want to say, whatever choice you make, you'll forever be a top three kind of person to me. Later in the workroom, Aja seemed resigned to her fate and got emotional with the other girls. What's going on, sis? Because I know how you feel, so. Yeah. I just feel so numb right now. I'm just trying to smile and just have a good time. (laughs) Sometimes it's just so hard. Yeah, I think Aja pretty much realized she's going home. And I think she was hoping she'd go farther. I wonder if Aja thought she would win. Do we think Aja thought she would win? I think she was maybe hoping she'd get to, like, top two or top three contender, I think. And, 
And I think she was disappointed that that wasn't going to happen. I think she realized, I'm, I'm going home. And this is not going to go well for me. And so she's being emotional. She knows she's going home. And so she sees the right on the wall. You mean you're going up against Shangela? It would be the gag of the season. Because Aja went home. So I think Aja sees the right on the wall. She knows she's going home and she's mourning that. I think she. But you know what's funny is, I, you know, for those of you who follow Aja on social media, you know that she's been so touched and so moved by the wonderful reception she's received by the fans on social media. Because, you know, and she talked about it a little bit uh, on the show today, on today's episode, but she had a rough go of it on season nine. You know, and I, we talked about this in the show, but when she walked in, Sasha Velour pretty much called it that like Aja was tough competition and she didn't turn out to be that tough of competition. She went home fairly early in the season and didn't get to really show what she could do. She was one of those people you always felt went home too early. So she came back at All-Star. She took a risk. And she really showed that she really could do more. And I think she's gained a lot of fans in the process. And as a result, she it, it's worked out really well for her. But I think when you're in the competition, when you're there, not only is it very short, but you don't know how they're going to edit you. It's really high pressure. You're exhausted. You're doing this competition. Now you know you're about to go home in the middle of the competition. Remember, we're in, this is the solid middle of the season. Even though we can see the end in our sight, this is we're, we've turned the corner in the competition, but we just barely turned the, the corner on the middle. And so to her, she's going home too early, and she worries, was this all for naught? Am I going to get the same sort of edit and the same sort of reaction that I did on season nine? Because drag is very important to her. She loves drag. And I think she really wants to be loved. And I think that's what we're seeing is is she's scared. Is it going to work out for her? Back on the main stage, Trixie Mattel and Bibi Zahara Benet went head-to-head in a lip-sync battle for their legacies. The song. The Boss. By Diana Ross. Trixie Mattel pranced around the stage while Bibi never left her spot. In the end, RuPaul named Bibi Zahara Benet as the winner of the lip sync. In a move that surprised no one, Bibi sent home the much improved Aja. But just as we thought the episode was going to end, Alaska Thunderfuck and Chad Michaels returned to the main stage and brought three former contestants back with them. Who are the three queens? We're going to have to wait until next week to find out. We didn't get to the cor- we didn't get to the chorus of that song. So, let's talk about this. Here's the thing is like I said, we don't do spoilers on this main show, on the show on the show that you get for free on iTunes. There are no spoilers. There are rumors out there. We're not going to discuss them, but there are rumors out there that name who the three queens are. We at least know who one of them is because of the way the rumors work. But we we they have an idea of who the three queens are. Now, why did two of the queens not come back? I don't know. Maybe they didn't want to come back. Maybe there was a reason they didn't come back. We I don't know, and I, I haven't seen any rumors that speak to as why speak as to why those two queens didn't come back. But we're gonna get three queens who come back next week uh, for the 
Kitty Girls Challenge. And they announced it in the preview for the next episode that they're bringing three of the queens back to fight for the, a spot back in the competition. Uh, if you are interested in spoilers, and this is the only pitch I'm going to do right now, if you're interested in spoilers at the $1 level on Patreon, you can listen to our show that comes out on Tuesday mornings on Patreon called The Rumor Mill, and that's where we discuss all the rumors, all the myths, all the speculation, all the theories that we find on the internet and elsewhere are discussed on The Rumor Mill. Uh, the $2 level, you get something called Rulaska Thoughts and uh, Form Decor Lounge, when Taylor and I usually talk about just stupid shit. You know, I'm, I'm going to say, so I did talk to Taylor today, and Taylor said... If he feels up to it tomorrow, we're going to record a special Form Decor Lounge. Because Form Decor Lounge is usually recorded after we record the show as we're processing the show. We're not going to do that today. But we may get, we may, I can't make any promises, a Taylor the Latte Boy special edition Form Decor recorded specifically for the Patreon where we get his tea, his analysis, and all that good stuff. Uh, for the Patreon members at the $2 level. So if you're interested in this, and I think everyone can tell you who's on a Patreon, who, who subscribes to Patreon, that you get so much for your $1 or $2 donation uh, that it's uh, patreon.com slash drag race recap, where you can get, again, at the $1 level, you get the rumor mill and a new show that I added today. I, I don't know if you guys know this. On a whim, on a whim, I was like, could I try to take Thursdays? easy during the day because i know what i'm gonna be doing this tonight we did rupaul radio we did a live radio show where we played music from drag queens rupaul show, music that's been on the show and we did a radio show we took requests and everything that you would have in a radio show and you get that at the one dollar level actually anybody can do it but the actual recording of the episode will be released to patreon at the one dollar level rupaul radio you also get the rumor mail at the two dollar level you get rulaska thoughts where i do a deep dive in the episode once i've had time to think about it and you also get the Form Decor Lounge. If you didn't get to hear our very special All-Stars 1 season, that's at the $5 level. And at the $10 level, we did a very amazing, I, I'm being honest, recap of season 6. And that's at the uh, $10 level. Uh, of And you have access to the whole season's already up. All of season 6 is already up on Patreon from episode 1 to the finale. At the $10 level, you can just... Binge it all. And you also get access at the $10 level to the $5 level, which is the All-Star Season 1. So there's so many seasons that you have access to if you subscribe at that level. Well, that concludes this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Make sure to tune in this week and every week as we discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 3. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away... Until next week. Want to share your thoughts about Drag Race? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. If you want to help the show, leave us a review on iTunes. The more positive reviews we get, the higher we move up in the rankings, and that helps the show find a bigger audience. If you want to help the show even more, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dragracerecap. For as little as $1 a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content not available on the main podcast feed. 
For up-to-the-minute news about the show, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash drag race recap and follow us on Twitter at drag race recap. To find all of our old episodes, visit us at our website at dragracerecap.com. Taylor has his own podcast. It's called Pod Is My Copilot, and you can find it at podismycopilot.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Taylor on Instagram and Twitter at PIMC Taylor. Want to hear me talk about Drag Race even more? Well, then listen to me on One on One with Larry Flick every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, exclusively on Entertainment Weekly Radio Channel 105 on Sirius XM Radio. You can also find me on my other podcast, Catching Up with Mike and Joe, available at catchinguppodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batance, that's J-O-E, B-E-T-A-N-C-E. 